0: Spending time listening to drinking and swearing separately? Take two review podcasts into the office? Not me. I just want to peg and mount, so I use iPaul Media's Peggy Mount Calamity Hour. Sailor-level profanity plus frequent inebriation in one podcast. iPaul Media's Peggy Mount pod leaves my feed absolutely filthy in an advanced state of refreshment and is surprisingly light on factual content. Listening to drinking and swearing separately? Not me. Now I just peg... And Mount, horrendous language and drunken rambling in one. iPaul Media's Peggy Mount Calamity Hour. This week on Peggy's Calamity Mount. Ben Ellison there. With his open collar and his gold chain looking like he stepped out of an earth, wind and fire video. A fantastic stage presence that they do not allow him to show off for the next 30 minutes. Make the most of this, Ben.
1: Hard sci-fi is someone who'd enjoy identifying and perhaps collecting the nuts and bolts on the Blake 7 Liberator. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Now, soft sci-fi is for someone like me who likes capes in space. Right. (laughs) Have you seen his wife? Who's? Lee Major's wife. Have you seen his wife? His wife. His real-life wife. His real-life wife. His real-life wife.
0: (laughs) Is Dr (laughs) Seashvite in this episode? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Are you all right? Hello and welcome to the Peggy Mount Calamity Hour. I'm Dr Velvet. I'm Blackout. And we're here to discuss more about the television of the 1980s.
0: Yes, hello you. Thanks for joining us for our casual cultural critique of vintage television, where Britain's best-loved battle axe is never far from our minds, because here, all roads lead to the mountain. If you head over to PeggyMountPod.com, info links for the episodes we're discussing is in the show notes. You can find us on the socials, get in touch to bother us about stuff, or suggest programmes that you'd like us to cover.
1: And just like last week, Joining us via telex, because he's not in the country, is Mr Ozzy Bognops. Welcome once again, my good man. Thank you very much. Ah, and by that familiar clanking of bottles, I can see that you're drinking a rather special German beer. Marvellous. And blackout, what about yourself? What are you cramming down your neck?
0: Uh, I think I shall have a...
1: Back on the shipyard. That'll keep you afloat. I'm staying grounded with my box... Of country manner, oh, okay. They do it in a box yeah, now. Yeah, they do it in a box now. And I was always swayed by this because the adverts were always a theatrical farce. Mm-hmm, I don't mean mm-hmm. the actual production in putting them on. Hey, eh? mm. I mean they were. That was the that was the scene, and I loved that. I loved that. So yeah, country manner, absolutely. So country light, manor. so subtle, so buy some. There you go. And so onward to things, and to the world of academia. Forget your grain chill prefect badge. Begone that Etonian tie. What I'm going to ask you two to do, gentlemen, is to wear some orange bed sheets and six kilograms of real cream and be taught the nuances and intricacies of intergalactic crime detection. I can do that.
0: In Zep, Space Detective was an activity show created by Dick Hills in 1983 which ran on Children's BBC, combining animation, live-action science fiction drama and quiz elements, where mysteries in the storyline would be solved by children in the audience. We've watched Death Under the Sea, with Tracy Childs appearing as scientific advisor Professor Varna and Ben Ellison as assistant slash dog's body Jason Brown. Richard Morant stars as our eponymous hero, the galaxy-cruising sleuth, tasked to solve a potential murder on an ocean planet. Captain Zip
1: Captain Zep. Captain Zep. Super I mean, Sp- come I mean, yeah. on. Released as a single. Yeah, I have it. Stupid Space Detective, Stupid. Captain Zip
0: Now, given that I was watching telly, children's telly, yeah, the BBC around this time, mm-hmm. and I fucking love sci-fi. Why do I have no yeah. memory of this show? Oh, you I
1: mentioned remember mentioned that, it. you know. Yeah. When we got we when we got this production <laughs> list through, you said, What's that? I've never yeah, heard of that.
0: Yeah, not heard of yeah. it at all. <laughs> yeah. No, I I, I, I do
1: remember watching this back in the day and I was well, I'll get onto it later. It had a profound effect. But um yeah. No, it's I don't I don't know why you didn't watch it. I don't
0: know. I mean on the plus side, because of that, I did do a little bit of what passes for research around these parts and yeah, reading yeah. up this was written by Mr. Bennett out of Take Heart. That's fantastic.
1: This is my next line. This particular episode was written by Colin Bennett. Yeah, Colin, Mr. Bennett, out to take heart. A fact uh-huh. that desperately yeah. wanted me to see him fall into a tray of concrete and laugh about it at fifteen-second intervals.
0: He was also the um, the night watchman on Free Screen.
1: And the presenter of you should be so lucky. Anyway, this is not a show about Colin Bennett. The other writer situation is that it was created by Dick Hills, who in the sixties yeah. wrote for Mork and Wise. Now that's quite interesting. Is there a link? Is there a link?
0: One brief, very, very tenuous link with The Morkman Wise in that the show is opened by Tracy Childs and Ben Ellison actually just walking onto the stage and directly addressing the audience. Could be it. Ben Ellison there? Could be it. With his open collar and his gold chain looking like he stepped out of an earth, wind and fire video. A fantastic stage presence that they do not allow him to show off for the next 30 minutes. Make the most of this, Ben.
1: When he arrives, he talks in a very commanding voice. And then when he's the assistant to Captain Zepp in the actual film, in the story, all of a sudden he, he, he sort of turns into the campest estuary spacemen I've ever seen. I will say, though, for all of the over-the-top sci-fi glam garb mm-hmm. of, the, of the members of the Solve Academy, mm-hmm. yeah. which, which, which was amusing in itself, the artwork yes. of the aliens, mm-hmm. all right? Yeah. I found creepy... And Sinister, in fact, not for kids. The way I saw it was, it was H.R. Geiger in Crayon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sinister. Sinister. (laughs) They were, I mean, if you're going to cast a mood, they nailed that. Oh,
0: yeah. I will say, if your animation isn't going to show any mouth movement or facial expressions, then don't use synthesised voice effects with really heavy accents. Other than that, I'm absolutely fine with it. Most of the animation here looks like it was done in about an hour and a half with a set of Pantone markers and a layout pad. I love it more for that, but you know, you can tell that was that's not where they were spending the money. That's fine, well, it, it works really, really well. But
1: yeah, now I see why they do the drawings, um, because they're just drawings with the chroma key and, mm-hmm. and, the, and essentially space clue door for children. Yeah, and on the subject of costumes. What the fuck are those kids wearing golden bin liners? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> it is. It's literally you're filtered through, where these curtains, and there is a tub of brittle cream. I don't want to see a molecule of it left in the tub. Use yep. the entire tub on your head. And in series <laughs> one there was glitter in it as well. That's what I remember. There Once we
0: get into the sort of the story elements, where they're like out of the studio and watching you know, the whole sort of narrative taking place. You've got sections that take place on board their ship. Then you've got the odd kind of yep. exterior shot as it's blasting its way through various galaxies. And my yep. brain is yep. gone: is this a forerunner for Red Dwarf? Because the live-action segments, they just need Crichton to make this perfect.
1: Yeah. Um, no, because in, in Red Dwarf, something happened.
0: Yes. Okay, okay, right. It, it took a few that, minutes, that but I see sense. where we're going with this. Okay. <laughs>
1: I will say that this is. How can I put it? I don't want to use this word, but maybe it's more accurate than I think. This is quite highbrow for CBBC of an afternoon.
0: So yeah. this is quite is, involved. Yeah, yeah. No, I can yeah, see they're, yeah, they're is, putting in some effort. Yeah. They
1: really are. Now, this, this is for fans of hard sci fi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Now. What I mean by that, because I'm a lover of soft sci-fi, so let me define what I mean by hard sci-fi. Hard sci-fi is someone who'd enjoy identifying and perhaps collecting the nuts and bolts on the Blake 7 Liberator. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Now, soft sci-fi is for someone like me who likes capes in space. Right. (laughs) Right? Uh, so yep, this is it. hard sci fi. Yep. This is we're 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 going into we're going into political subterfuge yeah. at ten past five yep. of an afternoon when you've done a hard day of physics Aye. and maths well, and PE.
0: This is school. the other thing, Mike, not to get too far ahead of my notes, but there's a lot of talk in this about unrest in the Senate and I'm thinking, I don't recall right. people fucking turning around and complaining about this the way they did with the Phantom Menace. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. But these these uh, mutants, whatever the fuck they are seem to speak in French and not just any French but alo alo French
0: <laughs> This is what I mean about the accents that and the overall sound quality over the years from like the upload it makes about 80% of what they say they might as well just be speaking in their alien language to be yes, honest. Yes,
1: indeed. Well, it's when when one of them says, you may be confident that no one can penetrate our security. Well, no one can penetrate your fucking accent, pal. <laughs> and then it happens. It happens, gentlemen. It happens, and you can't avoid it. One mm. of them says, I will say this only once.
0: Now, in between this fairly sort of high concept stuff, you have got what amounts to a kind of very gentle sitcom aboard their ship.
1: Can I mention something about that? Because with reference to my earlier uh, mention of Blake 7, we now know what's happened to some of the sets. Yes, we do. (laughs) Absolutely. We absolutely do. And, unfortunately, the computer with the chipmunk voice is annoying. It's very annoying. And also the commander's voice is annoying. Oh, the commander sounds like he's being filleted by a number of small fish to me. My my misophonia was through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I threw I threw a sandal at the screen oh, when oh. I was listening to that stupid voice. Yeah. That was getting on my nerves. Well, that was her, on my her nerves. voice was getting on my nerves, you know, as the, as the plums <laughs> took effect. And, you know, any answer she comes out with, clearly it's the sort of Spock thing. She comes out with the answer, just the facts, Wikipedia like and shit, that's the plot. You mentioned the graphics. Do you not think they get a bit hitchhiker's guide? I mean, it's the right era for it, but. A uh, little it, bit. They certainly I, do.
0: Again, I don't mind that. This looks cheap now. I think it would have been perfectly acceptable back in the day, especially for kids' TV.
1: No, no. As a kid, I sat there and I thought, this is cheap yep. because of the fact that it wasn't animated. As a kid, they could not pull the wool over my eyes. I didn't accept it. Oh, Honestly, no, I'm not I saying
0: you would have been fooled, but certainly you have no idea of production budgets.
1: No, but I just thought, because I knew what was out there and what they were capable of doing, right. um, that they should be doing that.
0: Why aren't they doing that? Why are we just getting this? So what happened was, you were sitting there thinking, why isn't this Doctor Who? Yeah, pretty much. Right. Okay. Pretty much. Yeah. Because I thought
1: if they can do that, if they can do Blake Seven. Uh-huh, they can uh-huh. do this. They can do that. Why aren't they doing this? Oh, what have we got here? Oh, a picture. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, was, I also wrote here that I think they make the Beatons French in order to make them arrogant and angry, so you couldn't work out who was the baddie. We spin forward. The mystery is solved. And before if we get that fish, we are,
0: who did it in the end? Fish. I don't know Because I've been kind of like half following it You know I'm, I'm sort of broadly following it I'm not like I'm not exactly playing along at home But then I'm thinking We seem to have just kind of like Glossed over the We've spent 25 20-25 minutes solving a mystery And I, I'm i like I'm not going to hit rewind Who did this? It, was it just Aliens did it?
1: It was the Queen's evil brother Half brother or something or Something like that Was and it? fish and, and magnetic fish
0: One of the French sounding ones did it Right okay I don't think it was given sufficient fanfare after all of that build-up. That's all. They just turn around and go, "Well, you've solved that. Well done. Now that's the end." Have and a seat, like, right? wait, What exactly? Yeah. I want everyone in the drawing room for a fifteen-minute exposition. Yeah. As the murderer yeah. is revealed, I don't just want you to go. He did it.
1: <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, that's <laughs> And right. here he is now. Come down the stairs, and they just carry this drawing because obviously it's not real. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> yeah, just just a bit of paper. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> The biggest mystery of the entire programme is, as the credits are rolling, oh, I don't what know, I've the got this. hell? What yeah.
0: the hell are the students talking about to Captain <laughs> Zepp and them? I love that, uh, yeah, you've got like your main cast there. You may treat They're just kind of like mingling with the students in the yeah. audience. They're chatting, yeah. they're handing out snacks, uh, they're all having the very best time, except for the one lad with the slick back blonde hair who looks like he hates everybody in the studio because he's been called out for getting the answer wrong. And then they started laughing at him, and that was edited out in the end. But right at that moment, he's plotting how he's going to kill a lot of them by putting anthrax on the crisps.
1: Captain Zepp, space detective. Oh, how many intergalactic pegs are we going to put on the line, Bognops? I am going to give it a solid five. I kind of get the concept, and it's clever but it was clearly done on the cheap with Doctor Who, off-cuts and very little budget. So essentially it's another of Christopher Pilkington's typical masterpieces in a way, so it only deserves five out of nine, which is a shame because as an idea, as a concept, I think it's got great potential. There you go. Fair play, fair play. Blackout.
0: Similar vein for me, Captain Zepp feels like it's been let down by its budget and its production schedule, but overall a very decent effort, seven out of nine from me. Strong work. How about Dr. yourself? Very strong.
1: Well, I, w- I was not expecting that from Blackout. I think I thought he would absolutely hate it, but there you go. Um, it just goes to show. Uh, for me, three out of nine because <laughs> bloody Nora. Sorry, but I'll tell you for why. It's—it's it's, you know,
0: listener, listener. So much it was Doctor Velvet who suggested this program. That's all I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah.
1: It was. It was. <laughs> It could have been so much more. Bit of effort put in, not just
0: drawings. Come on. Effort, please. The most important question, however, is mm. Aussie Bognops, how many steps would it take you to get up Space Mountain?
1: To get up Space Mountain, I shall take but two steps. Here we go. <laughs> Captain Zeb stars Ben Ellison, who also cropped up in the Old Acquaintance episode of Bergerac with Laser Goddard, who was one of those assembled for the Bob Carroll G's episode of This Is Your Life with Peggy Mount. I know what I'm doing, kindly twist me, Mildred. Very well right? done. Very lovely. well done. You. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, so yeah, right. Yeah. You're yeah, so yeah. right.
0: What about yourself, Dr. Velvet?
1: Well, uh, I can do this in two. Captain Zep was portrayed for the screen by Richard Morant, who also appeared in 1982's The Scarlet Pimpernel, next to David Gant, who was in the Fat Chance episode of Inspector Morse with... Los Pegasus Mount. Oh, now you have mattled me. I don't know where I am. See, si, bueno, bueno, bueno. <laughs> Lovely <days. laughs> And, Mr Blackout, how are you transversing the panel of intergalactic mountain ship? And are you going to do it with brill cream?
0: That's the question. Uh well, I'm using True Gel, not Brill Cream. But I'll see your two, and I'll raise you two. <laughs> and Zepp features Tracy Childs who also starred in Howard's Way alongside Stephen Yardley who was in A Dream of Dracula with Peggy Mount my bell's dropped off oh we'd
1: better have this from the beginning sit down (laughs) (laughs) get in and that takes us nicely to the end of the first part of the Peggy Mount Calamity Hour where I'm sat here with apples anyone like an apple uh, anyone hungry no thanks not, not for me i'm all right for now are you sure because both of you look very very hungry and i could hear your stomachs rumbling during the first part of the no that's the video uh...
0: well obviously when i arrived this one i did have a carrier bag with bottles in it if i had wanted an apple i'd have probably put apples in the bag i do thank you i thank you for the offer but i'm all, all right you for would now. have put
1: apples in the bag if you'd wanted some wouldn't you you would have done that. At, yeah. at this point, you would yes, have. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Bognops Well, my fat gettery would have just ensured that I brought a bag of apples and a bag of beer if I'd wanted a bag yeah. of apples and a bag of beer. But I just wanted we don't a bag want of apples, beer so I had an saying. extra bag of beer. Well, that, that's, that, that's right. That's right. Why do you have an apple, Dr Velvet? I've got a Laurent. Here's the adverts. <laughs> 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 no fits,
0: no real, no fits, no powder, just you. Or orange, have anything added? Or is it just juice? No additives,
1: no mess, no fuss, just juice. If you want a filling cereal, the answer's written clear.
0: It says Weetabix. Yeah! This is a filling station. It'll fill you up to here! We're the, the Weetabix. A titchy tiny breakfast won't help you start the day. You make, you make it, it neat, weet space. If you know
1: what's good for you, you do. Okay! Wait eat the if you know what's good for you OK and there we are buy the things buy them things purchase them it would be churlish not to and now do you fancy what? what is that? oh that's the fax machine going off again it, is this another facsimile? I'll get it I'll get it hang on it won't be for me. It's never for me. <laughs> Bognops. Do you know that? No. It never is. Really? It never is. Right, it's
0: uh, We we look. need to move that closer to this desk. We do, we do. <laughs> Ken! 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 Can you can you either get the fax machine move closer or turn it off? Either or. Either or will be good. Right. <clears throat> let's have a look. Oh no, no, no. It's for it's for both of us, slash all of us. Okay. Uh Dear Sirs. A bit formal, but okay. Mm-hmm. I was lucky slash proud enough to win a Peggy Mount Calamity Hour stationery set in your fanfic prequel pilot script competition. With a pad of 3,000 pages, it has been inordinately useful in marshalling my correspondence over the past couple of years, but I now find that the pencil is running faint. Will you be doing another contest so I can get some refills? I am having to use my blankety blank pen to write this, and I don't think I have to explain that that's not what it's for. Yours, hopefully... Sefton Wattle in Newfield well thanks for getting in touch Sefton uh, we're afraid we won't be returned to either the script competition or the stationary sets as we had cease and desist letters for both however producer Ken does have a carrier bag full of crackerjack biros that he picked up at a Boofair well, we can see if you'll part with a couple of those to get in the post here thanks very much can't say fairer than that Yeah.
1: right gentlemen do you fancy something that's innovative, unique
0: stylish, well produced and well written is this a television programme, or is it an Apple again?
1: Yeah, okay. It was, It was. to be fair, it was going to be an Apple. But do you fancy this as 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 a television programme?
0: Yes, yes, I absolutely yes,
1: do. Oh, I'm with you on that. Excellent. I can't give you that. So here's is Manimo. <laughs>
0: Was the 1983 action-adventure drama serial created by Glenn Larson and Donald Boyle for NBC in America and broadcast on BBC One in the UK. It stars Simon MacCorkindale as Ian Manimal, a handsome, wealthy playboy, so it's already a bit like Batman, who can transform himself into any manner of beast he chooses to solve crimes and right wrongs and that. So it's a bit like the Incredible Hulk as well. Only two people know of this secret power, and that's a bit like he-man. Tyrone Earle, played by Glyn Turman and Detective Brooke McKenzie, who is Melody Anderson. Tonight we've watched the self-titled first episode, directed by Russ Mayberry and guest-starring Ursula Andress, where our intrepid trio are hot on the heels of some criminals planning to steal a shipment of nerve gas. Manimal. What animals would be the most useful in this situation? And why is it a panther?
1: Blackout as usual, your prologue is beautiful. The right. prologue montage to Manimal is senseless. Of oh, <laughs> course it is. Yeah, of course it is. Tells us nothing. It's a complete waste of the editor's time. They could have been sat at home solving a Rubik's Cube or watching Baggy Pants and the Nitwits or something other than this. It was a waste
0: of everybody's time. This first episode is an hour and a half long. That's 90 minutes they've got to, um, to establish what he does, what, you know, what he's about, how he does it. They don't answer any of that. They're just like, yeah, he turns into animals. How? Oh, magic
1: he learned it off his dad with a signature tune that plays on the word manimal obviously but somehow has a curious stench of Juliet Bravo about it as well there's, there's something about that now right the title sequence okay uh-huh. as we know this is established it's so important to me in mm-hmm. anything I watch mm-hmm. and the 1980s is arguably the golden decade for the title sequence yeah, yes yeah. both UK and US mm-hmm. and this desperately tries to to keep up with its peers sure but it's, it's very lacklustre the theme the theme is almost there but there's something missing a melody da, 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 well yes da, da. now unfortunately for me I've got the sound of the bird blended into the theme yes. tune for me
0: mm-hmm. da, 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 da. Yeah. oh yeah no it's the same sound effect they use like every time there's an episode of Murder She Wrote Sit, you know, out in the uh, in the scrubland somewhere. That hawk screech is every yeah. forty-five seconds. It's in there every time they go outside. Bang! Put it in. Got to got to show that we're outside for people who are blind.
1: So it's like the Wilhelm yes. Eagle in in some. Research. Yes. Yeah. No. It's exactly this. Absolutely. Yes.
0: Glennie Larson is the Aaron Spelling of TV detectives. Yeah. You see, this is why I'm drawing the lines between what was popular and what actually sort of made an impact on you. Because, like I said, Night Rider and the a Team—you can describe those to people. Manimal, other than the overall concept, I remember almost nothing about it. No, I almost—I also used to enjoy Bringing Back Alive and uh, Tales of the Gold Monkey, both of which were created to cash the fuck in on Indiana Jones. Again, I remembered little to nothing about either, and yet I was there mm. every Thursday, Friday night whenever they were on in front of the telly. Yeah, e- yeah. Even the Fall Guy. What was going on? In the Fall Guy. He was a stunt man, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And a bounty hunter.
0: Oh, did you do that as well? I just yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I just remember action sequences, and then Heather Locklear in between. That's
1: fine. Oh. I'd I'd yeah. build
0: a series around that.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Have you seen his wife? Who's Lee Major's wife? Have you seen his wife? His wife. H- his real life wife. His real life wife. His real life wife.
0: Is Doctor Seuss in this episode? <laughs> 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 His real-life wife that he has for life. She gives him strife.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and she
0: cuts with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she comes from Fife.
1: Um, oh. <laughs> On to Manimal. Yes. Can I point out from the first scene? Uh-huh. This, this this intrigued me because what a beautiful rain Mac the gentleman's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> and the Rain Mac, the Rain Mac is acting better than the, yes. the lovely gentleman that's wearing it Lloyd Bochner actually oh, um, yeah. yes and he's been in many things the Golden Girls for one he, he played in an episode where uh, Blanche Devereaux Rue McClanahan pressed her inflatable knockers against his chest uh, apart from that he's been in Batman the Animated Series so fair play to him for that yeah. um, so anyway there they are and the Panther is snooping about? Yeah. Silently. And then he changes. And then he and then he changes back. I've got a very important question.
0: What's the crack with his claws?
1: Yes. Absolutely. Oh no,
0: I'm I'm prepared to overlook that.
1: I'm not. Just, I'm not. In, in, no, in minute. exactly
0: the same way as I do with the Hulk.
1: Yes. Yes. i I'm I'm fine with it at the minute. At the moment, I'm
0: fine with it. Is it the fact but that? Not to skip too far ahead, is it the fact that when you see him transforming, you can see his clothes tearing and they're untorn when they go back on? I don't even mind that. That's a bit of artistic license, whatever, you know.
1: And isn't it Mm. fascinating that they tear across the back? um, And, you know, I've got plenty of nice shirts, but my shirts aren't sewn up the fucking middle of the back to conveniently split like the jacket.
0: I know, exactly. Yeah, that's it. The seams are like better made than the actual sort of blanket of material but so then he needs to commandeer
1: a taxi cab shows them something out of his wallet this is official police business uh-huh. mate that's a that's a library card that <laughs> how how simple how simple is that taxi driver anyway he gets in the taxi away keep your eyes on the road yes now i have a i have an issue with this Well, and then he starts heavy breathing in the back of the car. Uh Now, if I'm the Uh driver, I'm sitting there going, hold a bit, hold a bit. Uh Well, I'd be saying to him, you do realise if you soil the seats, you're paying for it. (laughs) (laughs) 20 quid fine, mate. Pay up now. But I have another point in this, which is a little little bit more um, realistic, which is keep your eyes on the road. Now, forgive me, I drive a car, so you have to look in your mirror... He could just look in the fucking mirror. <laughs> right. If that's yeah. a fair point. Yeah. Absolutely fair point. But it's in the diggy dark. It's in the darkness. So Don't he matter. can't Don't matter. Do you know what I mean? And then cut to... Oh, here we go. This sets it. This sets it. We get a close up of the hands. <laughs> we do, yes. <laughs> aye, yep. We do. Yeah. And, yeah. and here we, and here we go. This is this some leftover footage from John Landis's Michael Jackson's thriller? Well, no, it isn't because even their prototype footage wouldn't be this bad. Um,
0: Again, I'm sort of enough. willing to forgive it. All of that, it's doing a little doing bit, a a bit, bit. Yeah. in an age yeah, yeah. in an age when comparable series in terms of uh, kind of like its broadcast demographic, they're going I was going, can we just make it about a motorbike or about a helicopter? They're trying. It's not yeah. great,
1: Very, and the effects well,
0: look absolutely dreadful now, and they didn't look great then, but. They tried. Apart from anything else, NBC were taking time out in the 1980s to create an entire series which does not lend itself to merchandising. I'll applaud them for that.
1: There is that, actually, very importantly. Two points I'll put in here as well. The first one is it does take quite a long music cue. It's about a minute and 15 seconds for him to completely Mm -hmm. transform. So, what happens if it's all going to happen really quickly?
0: He can do it really quickly when Ursula Andress comes into the cupboard.
1: He's a cat. That's, what, that's yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. That's right. He's a cat. And there's a pile of very nice clothes on the floor. Probably. Uh-huh. They have they have missed a trick in terms of merchandising. You can't tell me they couldn't have developed a glove with a pump. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, I was thinking in terms of action figures because it would have been like a one of a man and then just like a one of like him in his opera gear and then another one of a panther. And you go, that's the same yeah. thing though. <laughs>
1: Because yes. that's oh, effectively.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's let, let's 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 cut to the chase. That's effectively what this first episode is. We're yes, back in is. Space Sentinels territory, aren't we? Yes, indeed. Where Ian Manimal can transform himself into any creature he wants. The only limitation he has is his lack yep. of inventiveness and imagination. Yep. And he Why can't does do he change daytime. into a panther to look through a skylight at night? Yes. You could yes. just be like a bat or a moth or t- or something arbeous, that might arbeous. not be noticeable at a fucking yeah, yeah. window 30 foot in the air. Why does he get into a taxi to follow the baddies' car when he could just track them through the dark streets by turning into a panther? And yeah. then then when they get to the warehouse, he turns into a panther again for, like, for yeah. snooping on them inside a warehouse? Is this because the walnut, production budget you know? went on the panther?
1: But he turned into an eagle in the park. Why didn't he just, instead of paying the taxi, which he didn't pay the taxi fare, to be fair, but why didn't he just fly after them as an eagle? No,
0: more to the point, when he's in the park, why not turn into a pigeon? That way you might not get noticed.
1: The other thing, you know, I'm with you about wanting to forgive, to a point, the transformation Mm. scene. However, Mm. it's when he changes back and they just run the damn thing in reverse. That I have a problem with because there needs to be something more realistic there. There needs to be something more realistic about him turning back. I don't know what, but something. You know, the thing of him—his ears extending when he turns into the panther and the and the um, whiskers coming out. You know, yeah. And, the, and the, the 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 claws and things. You see the claws withdraw.
0: To be fair, That's the claws it. and the whiskers are. Absolutely. Even even with the bubbly hands, they are absolutely the worst part of that transformation.
1: The claws certainly are. I and mean, I don't think
0: actually... there's any. I don't think there's any harm. I'm just going, Yeah, just run that backwards. It's... <laughs> How can it yeah. possibly? You know.
1: Well, it, when it's the selling point of the series, you'd kind of want it to be the the thing you spend the money on.
0: Oh, you do. You absolutely do. In this first episode, yes. And they have really, really got their money's worth yeah. out of the big well, cat. Well, they have.
1: they they really they haven't got them out of the explosions initially because when the truck first goes over Uh mind they're not worth much because they didn't really go up Uh uh, when the truck tipped over however all it took was for Dale Arden from the Flash Gordons Uh To, to slip on a banana skin and, yes. and tee myself down on four boxes and the whole lot went up in a bang that's yep. right indeed and you know i mean a cop couldn't uh, look any less conspicuous with a red cardi and a white blouse really <laughs> i have i actually have a theory right okay so so he was the black panther because he was wearing a black jacket Mm. Now, I wondered oh, if right. the clothes he wore dictated the animal that he turned into. So, I mean, it's the 1980s, so in walks Jonathan Chase... Yes, Jason. With, ..with a pink Lacoste polo shirt. Indeed. Good morning, manimal, says his housemate. Uh, Would you mind going into the kitchen, please, because you're about to turn into a pig and therefore you'll stink a <laughs> <of> shit.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I'm thinking he gets turned into a flamingo and that'll be it. But yes, yeah, a, but pig, right. a pig as well.
1: And that... Because people will know, because uh-huh. you can, you know what I mean?
0: So That no. would seem, that would definitely seem, well, again, yeah, the minute he comes in a leopard skin jacket, like, give away.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. And staying with the sartorial Ursula Andrus. Oh, flawless, flawless, elegance. Can I just say, though, what
0: should go on? <laughs> well, again, I'm thinking two things. One, he could have turned into her fur coat. Two, he could have turned yes. into her hair.
1: He could. Ah, now I and did some is, research on yeah, that. I did some on. research on that, and apparently it took two men twenty-six hours to back home that hair. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yes, it really did. Yeah, up and back. There you and go. That's even worse. Oh. But the Russian, I mean Ursula Andress, trying to be like an evil Russian countess, she sounded like sort of Cruella. Deville Zaza meets, Gabor. Well, Zaza Gabor meets Betty Driver. It was just impossible. Yeah.
0: To be fair, when you run all of her scenes back-to-back, it's about three and a half minutes. They filmed her stuff on one morning.
1: Of course they did. They did. did. Yeah. On her way to Gucci, she just yes. popped in. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yes, R- really. She really did. And what was fascinating as well, when the eagle was in the park watching uh, her, uh, yeah, uh, did you did you notice the expressions on the eagle's face? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and those
0: shots where it's a static eagle and they've just blown it with a fan and filmed it yeah. with a blue background. Yes.
1: They did that with the lines at the end as well. The lines are going, what the fuck's going on?
0: No, just, bro, that expression on the cat's faces at the end was definitely that. It was just, the fuck?
1: Yeah, the, but, but the eagle had a constantly shocked expression, like it had just sat on a fork. <laughs> I was just about to say. <laughs> Tell you something, though. If you want to succeed on a reconnaissance mission, as Ian Manimal does... As you mentioned earlier, quite correctly, he turned himself very quickly into a pussycat. Uh-huh. He did. Uh-huh. What better way to listen into a phone conversation than to push yourself in between Ursula Andress's knockers. Yes, I noticed yeah. this as well. Yeah. Yeah, He's yeah, straight yeah. in uh-huh. there. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. There's, there's no messing about here. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's no, yeah. there's the there's tar no tar offenders register for cats no there's not you could hear the time coming I mean? in exactly no. that's 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 called taking it too far with your abilities i mean <laughs> and no. then again that, we yeah. were talking about this we we're talking about um you know how slick it was and how it was 90 minutes and all the rest of it for the for the for the pilot and all the rest of it but this again was chopped like a pound of cheap salami and then all these little instrumental stings like a guitar chord or a little thing of Da da da! Uh, just to, you yeah. know, it's like oh, so just so you now think we're blind as well as thick, you know. I, I can see he's going to turn into an animal because he's doing that thing where he makes his nose stretch across both his cheeks.
0: Oh yeah, you oh. know when it's going to happen because his first turns plastic.
1: It, well, it does every yes. time. <laughs> Indeed. However, one one fantastic part which I thought this can't have been rehearsed. This is just completely natural, and mm-hmm. I believed it. The bit with the snake interrogation. Oh, oh, when yes. the snake turned round as Dale Arden walked in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Mint. Mint. It was as if the snake
0: went, the what? Uh-huh. <laughs> it was uh, just beautiful. That was a nicely crafted bit of farce. I enjoyed that. It was beautiful. That it was fantastic.
1: The highlight of the entire episode, to be honest. Uh, and also another thing that was clearly... I thought this was just pushing the luck a little bit too much, was the drunken tramp seeing things Claxon. Oh, uh, of course,
0: Right, 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 right. Them two, yeah, those two old drunks on the bench. Yeah. When all them big cats go past. Is the one on the left Roy Kinnear? <laughs> it could be, actually. Right? No, seriously, right. he's not credited for it anywhere. But you look, you. there were like three close-up shots of that guy. Ah, it's totally him. Seriously.
1: Could you imagine Glenn e. Larson saying, Hey, hey Roy, I hear you're quite the big thing in England. I'd like to bring you over for the fantastic new series I'm going to make. It's going
0: to run for years and years. It's either that, yeah, or he's just like, uh, What do I have to do? I want you to be pissed on a bench. I can do that. At least he might have got a better credit than
1: somebody else who did on the credits themselves. Yes. Uh, the lady who was in the restaurant uh, oh, is yes. credited as the character name is Bunny Summers, yes. is the actress. <laughs> yes. Okay. And. She stars as Pudgy Lady, according to the credits. (laughs) Pudgy? That's a bit foul. That's a letter going through the agent on
0: Monday morning, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. The script conference. I mean, mean, really? Arguably, it's a step up from Bob Sudica, who is listed as man.
0: Yep, I noticed that as well. Man. saw
1: that. (laughs) Yes, exactly. What more do you want,
0: Bob? What more do you want? You've got your money, you've got your listing, go home. This
1: is live action, but with the conventions and naivety of a cartoon. Right. Sure. But I I will say this. Do you know what? Is that a bad thing? Now, here's a little sidebar. Here's a little sidebar to that very point, which is one of the reasons that it got cancelled was apparently that Simon McCorkendale was not 8 o'clock on a Wednesday night material in America because... Um, the guys that ran the network didn't want people to have to concentrate on an English accent at that time in the evening they just wanted some pap to react to
0: this sounds so about if you right not-
1: so if you notice he doesn't say a great deal yeah mm. I can I can absolutely be- knowing that the Americans uh, subtitled EastEnders when yeah. it was broadcast yeah, over yeah, yeah. there I can absolutely believe that yeah 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 um with that i'm going to end this as, as abruptly as they did with manimal and yes. draw it to a close <laughs> and uh yes let's just see how many pegs on the line <laughs> Ended with gonna... all of us
0: freeze-framed in a state of terror yeah, indeed pretty much i think this uh, gave
1: this... police squad and all the, the zucker brothers i think this gave them the absolute it was like giving them the best gift they could ever have really because it was a sitting target for parody, and they parodied it perfectly. What's your score, Bognops My score is three out of nine. Harsh, there you go. but I mean, this is utter cop pat with a twist, and no wonder it didn't get beyond eight episodes. And you know, no wonder Dallas killed it. Um, it just doesn't work; it just does not work. A good premise, but a good premise if it if it's delivered half acidly it doesn't mean anything to me agreed absolutely uh mr blackout
0: uh for me four out of nine this is a bit crap isn't it <laughs> do
1: you know sometimes that's I it wish that's I, all i, I got wish I could that's it. brevity is yeah. the soul of wit yeah you know <laughs> yeah no absolutely absolutely no that's fair play that's fair play i i it uh, i'm gonna give it a five because okay You know there was potential. It just was. It is trying. I
0: admire that it's pretending it's trying. It's sort of not their fault. It turned out crap. But on the other hand, it absolutely is. I don't have memories of it being crap. It just is crap. Uh, With
1: that in mind, all right. How many steps up La Montagne? In the guise of a human or a panther, take your choice. Blackout.
0: Well, if I turn to a panther, I've got four paws. I can do it in four. This episode of Manimal stars Glyn Turman, who was in 1999's TV adaptation of The Magnificent Seven in the company of... Ron Perlman, who played the eponymous Hellboy in two films next to... John Hurt, who was in 1984's 1984 alongside... Hugh Walters, who spent a 1963 run in the Larkins with... ..Peggy Mount. What about the man with that the is gun? the chain to end all chains.
1: Isn't it, though? Oh, oh good go. Lord. Dr Velvet, where are Indeed. we in terms of traversing animal-like hybrid mountain traversing? Well, I think, for this, I'm going to... Manimalize myself into a slinky snacker and slither up the mountain in three. Hurrah! This episode of Manimal stars Melody Anderson, who was also in 1980s Flash Gordon, next to Timothy Dalton, who handed up in 1970s adaptation of Wuthering Heights, with Hugh Griffith, who played the magistrate in. Oliver in the vicinity of. A Peggy Marl.
0: That's something for shock, dear.
1: Splendid. Splendid, splendid, splendid.
0: Which only leaves yourself, Mr. Bognops.
1: Act do it in two. Get in! This episode of Manimal stars Simon McCorkindale, of course. Who was in the best version of Death on the Nile alongside David Niven, who appeared in a 1956 edition of Film Fanfare with Peggy Mount? There's nothing wrong with that, sissy. Fantastic. Very good. Wall to wall Thank you, Bognops. That's a wonderful. Pleasure. That brings us to the end of another Peggy Mount
0: Calamity Hour Blackout. Happens to have your socials. Yes, thank you once again for dropping in. You can look us up on Twitter at PeggyManpod, and we are the Peggy Man Calamity hour on Facebook. For longer form messages, you can email PeggyManpod at gmail.com and don't forget to go to peggymanpod.com to check out the show notes for this very episode.
1: This very one indeed. And don't forget, as we mentioned in the previous episode, if you've got any artwork, send that in to us as well. We really want to decorate these walls with your beautiful paintings or sketches or anything like that. Make them about characters from the shows that we talk about. That would be absolutely beautiful. It really will. We can't return it. When I say can't, I mean we won't. Well, even if we could, we wouldn't. Yeah. Bognobs, thanks for coming, man. A pleasure. A great delight to see you both, as always. And, and uh, you, sir. And I'll you. take my MTs because I'll get something back on them, being Germany. <laughs> Very good. All right, we'll leave it there. From the Peggy Mount Calamity Hour, until the next time...
0: Keep... In. ...transforming
1: into a panther!
0: The Peggy Mount Calamity Hour is a free podcast from Media which holds production copyright. Opinions and recollections expressed are not to be taken as fact. The title and credit music is by Dr Velvet. Audio segments and television programmes are presented for review and informational purposes only under fair use, and no ownership of these is claimed or implied by this show. For more information, visit peggymountpod.com.
1: When it was made in the states, it was made oh, oh, by a right, company okay. to go up okay, against okay. Dallas. And okay. the reason it only lasted one series is because um, it was shit. It, well, yeah, because it was it shit. Was, it was shit. It was the like so many polls have ma- named it one of the worst, if not the worst, TV program ever made, which I think is a bit unfair. But um, the reason they they only had four episodes in the cam, and they were obliged to make another four. But when the first two or three just weren't working and Dallas Mm -hmm. was killing them in the ratings, they just killed it off after eight eight episodes. Mm. But Cork and Dill never spoke about it.